All right, guys, and welcome back to the Impact Defense Podcast, episode 108. Woo. Yesterday was Christmas. <laughs> Yesterday was Christmas. Huh? Merry Christmas, guys. I hope you guys had a wonderful, wonderful Christmas. We did. Lots That's of good. exciting stuff. <laughs> That's good. Lots of time with family. That's good. Why the heck are we here? Okay. I don't know. <laughs> We need the money. <laughs> it was just Christmas. It's the brokest season of the year. Oh, that's it. That that right there. That was the thing. All right, but in other news, you know who else is here? That would be Joshua Sullivan. Yes, he will be here for this podcast. Yep. All right, guys. No, not that one. It's that's not what happens. That Christmas. That's not Christmas music. What? That wasn't Christmas that music. Wasn't it, Christmas. it sounded like Christmas music. It sounded like Christmas music. It wasn't Christmas music. Like Rockin' Christmas. What? No, I, I, I moved past. All right, now to our theme music. That, that was stuff that has never been touched on this board. Anyway, our theme music. All right, so uh, I'm looking forward to bringing Joshua Sullivan on. Uh, really enjoyed having him on the last ep- or the last podcast that we had him on. Uh, I can't exactly remember if that was somewhere around that range. You felt like your head was in the middle. I realized I kept moving back and forward, so <laughs> and I was going, <laughs> going like this too. So our ha- our hands are uh, going back and forth, trying like to see cobras that. in the basket. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I, I didn't. I didn't catch that. I wasn't paying enough attention. So, Brian, it's been a while since I've asked you. How is the magic mind stuff working for you? Honestly, I, I really love it. As, as everybody knows, everybody's listening to the podcast. Anybody that speaks to me on a regular basis knows I have ADD. I have trouble sometimes, like communicating things together. Sometimes because my brain is just going in all kinds of different directions and stuff like that. It really has like helped me continue to keep, kind of keep that brain fog away and you know again we've said it like multiple times where I, it's it's one of those things where i'm able to kind of like drink coffee now for the fun of it because i enjoy coffee i'm not giving up coffee right you know yeah, it's not <laughs> none of us expected that no and it's not but it's it's less of a like i've got to have this to survive kind of thing now. right and that and that's one of the best things about it um i do feel like i've been a lot more productive we've had to do a lot more kind of computer work i've taken over some of the responsibilities that i was kind of sending out to other people right and uh, it's really kind of helped me to really focus in and do those type things and everything so that's that's something as well and the one thing i guess i had kind of worried about a little bit was like am i going to start to feel less and less of a benefit yeah Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, diminished effects um and i have it oh that's good yeah that that really is good I didn't expect that because most of the time, everything that I've done in the past for this has been kind of, I get that diminishing returns. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, it starts out, like, wow, you know? Yeah. I, I don't remember what it was I was taking a while back and, and I wouldn't name them even if I did, but I, I took that and I was like, oh man, you know, the first mm-hmm. few was like great. Yeah. And then as I started taking it daily, mm-hmm. it was like, oh, it's not so great. Right. It was just your body's first reaction to it. Yeah. Yeah. It was, yeah. And that's exactly what it was. So really quick, if you guys haven't heard the you know other podcasts we're talking about it, it's a little two ounce green shot of 
matcha and ashwagandha and you know certain types of mushrooms and some other stuff in there that i can't pronounce Mm -hmm. but it's all like really good it's got some honey in it to make it taste a little better that's great too and it even if it tasted horrible it's only two ounces you know and that's kind of like part of it too you know it doesn't taste horrible but i mean even if it did it's only two ounces. I think the last, I think it was the last podcast where I had Kylie on. And Kylie was like, no, 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 one before. And Kylie says, um, she goes, what's it taste like? But, you know, <laughs> you know, Kylie, if yeah. it doesn't taste like ketchup. Then she's not going to. Then she's not interested in it anyway. But even like somebody like her who's like got a, um, not a very sophisticated palate, I right. think I have heard mm-hmm. <laughs> it referred to. Uh, you know, just two ounces. But yeah, I mean, it completely and totally, I really, really enjoyed the feeling that it has given me. Mm-hmm. I really enjoyed the clarity of mind. I've enjoyed the clarity of speech. I don't feel like I'm sitting here going, uh, uh, where was I? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, yeah. nearly as much. You know, it's not, I mean, yeah. it's not perfect but it's great and it's really, really helped. It's helped me more than anything else, honestly. Make sure to go over to magicmind.co slash defense and uh, then you can use the coupon code defense20. Get you 20% off a one-time purchase or up to like, or I think it's like up to 43% off of like a subscription. Oh, cool. So yeah, yeah. With that all I said, we're going to bring him on the podcast now. All right, guys, and we are back with Joshua Sullivan, Master Instructor of the Alive Active Shooter uh, Response Program and also owner of uh, Discrete Security Services uh, in Maryland. How are you doing, sir? Good. Thank you for having me back. Glad to be back. Hey, man, I told you last time we enjoyed having you so much. We had to have you back. I knew that. Um, and we had we had you on back. I want to say I think it was around episode 82. Uh, I did my homework, but then I couldn't remember. So, you know, well. It goes that way sometimes. So. Right. Okay, <laughs> good. <laughs> um, but here we are. And uh, I thought since last time we had you on to kind of talk specifically about what you've done with the live, I thought we might look at some of the other stuff that you do as well. And maybe talk about the importance of like non-lethal self-defense tools and trainings. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, if anybody didn't hear episode 82, we're going to go with that, whether that's right or not. If anybody didn't hear episode 82 or you owned, if you don't mind, give a little uh, introduction to yourself, please, sir. Yeah. So uh, as you said, and thank you for the introduction, I'm uh, Joshua Selvin. I'm the master instructor for the Alive Active Shooter Survival Program. That's a program based out of Los Angeles. Uh, Michael Julian is a founder. Uh, and, and my title master instructor is just fancy way for saying that I can teach other people how to instruct it. I'm the only other yeah. one uh, other than Mr. Julian. Uh, and we talk about uh, how to survive active threat situations of any kind using uh, our, our five-step um, acronym, uh, ALIVE, which is Assess, Leave, Impede, um, Violence, and Expose. Um, so we just kind of go over uh, how to prevent and see things before they happen, as well as what to do to survive once something does happen. Uh, and then in addition to that, and uh, my full-time, if you will, uh, in addition to the program, is I'm the managing partner and owner of Discrete Security Services and Investigations. So we are a, uh, a national investigations, executive protection, security, and public safety training firm. So we do a little bit of everything. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, I know as soon as we started talking to you, I, I, we clicked really well and, uh, and everything. And I, I think we had a lot of similar views on a lot of stuff when it comes to self-defense and personal protection and all of that. So uh, I knew it was... The first time was a lot of fun to have you on. I just knew we had to have you back. Um, so 
specifically looking at some of the things number one let's just go ahead and address. oh by the way i apologize because uh gentry was not on the podcast Hi. when you were on there this is uh this is gentry she is a regular guest uh that we have on the podcast um i don't know what does this make for you gentry we're at like right at 20 it's getting episodes. close to 20 so i'm also an instructor here so i mean yeah. it's not like i'm just a random yes. she's just some <laughs> random person that we pull off the street very often <laughs> I've done my homework. I watched a couple of the episodes. Sure. <laughs> All right. Okay. So I did a horrible job at introducing uh, our people. So uh, anyway, why is it super important that people get training with things other than just firearms? Well, you know, the easy way to say that is something that I say in our active shooter class for live. Um, you have a baseline, right? So any sort of self-defense is a baseline that you can build off of. Uh, what it comes down to is that when seconds count and helps minutes away, um, you can't rely on anybody else except for yourself Absolutely. to be able to survive. Um, and, you know, surviving without training is like being a lawyer without a law degree. <laughs> yes. Um, you know, you might be able to watch it on TV. You might be able to watch it in the movies and you might get up there and say, objection, your honor, the honor, or, you know, the judge laughs at you and says, sit down. Yeah. Um, so it doesn't really matter unless you know what you're doing. Uh, so one of the things we do is we talk about, you know, uh, especially in person classes, we'll, we'll, you know, we'll ask who here has had any sort of self-defense, raise your hand. And normally it's about 15 to 20% of people that raise their hand, which is not enough. Right. Um, so one of the things that my company does specifically as well is that we do self-defense training. We do defensive tactics. We do a women's only course, uh, that goes over not only just handguns and firearms for women and getting them comfortable, uh, and, and able to shoot uh, proficiently, but we also go over what to do if you don't have a handgun or a knife or whatever, you know, what, how, you know, like you guys have said in some of your episodes, how just walking with purpose and walking like you're a big dog mm -hmm. not going to attack you, right? So we go over a lot of those kind of things, and then we bring in um, the other less less lethal alternatives. So whether it's a taser, a uh, baton, uh, expandable, or if they want to carry an old wooden one like a LAPD, uh, <laughs> And then uh, OC spray. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, these are all just tools that we can use just to add to our toolbox in order to actually survive if we had to. Just out of curiosity, uh, for you personally, which one is your favorite, like non-lethal? All right. So so there's a different way to answer that. And, yeah. and so is it the favorite to teach or favorite to use? Oh, let's do both. Ooh, both. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So favorite to teach is Taser by far. <laughs> okay, because my my organization and agency, so Taser as a whole or Axon does not require you to be tased um, in the program itself. Mm -hmm. It's up to the individual agency um, or or organization to make that a requirement, which we do require for any of our uh, personnel that are going to be carrying that. We require it to be used against them, so they know what it feels like if it were to get taken from them. Yep. Uh, so absolutely, my favorite is the tase. <laughs> Um, 100% people. Okay, I get it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's it's so much fun. And like, you know, some of them want it videoed, some of them don't, but um I mean, we have surveillance footage in the the building anyway in our classrooms <laughs> so we can still see and go back and see some of the funny ones. Um but then it's on the floor. Yeah. yeah. But uh I and and personally I would rather be tased 20 times than OC'd once. Yeah. Um, so I am like, I probably my worst part and what I fear the most when I teach is I, I dread OC day, um, yeah. just because even as the instructor spraying them or if I'm, 
at one of the the stations that they have to do once they get sprayed, whether it's the baton or, or weapon retention or whatever it is, uh, you still get it in your face and you get it. I've, I mean, I'm still used to it at this point. It doesn't affect me as much, but it sucks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My, so my one uh, experience with, uh, well, I guess I've had two, but one was not nearly as bad. And my worst experience, I've never been, I've never been sprayed. Um, I've thought about it multiple times, kind of want to see what it's like, all this kind of stuff. I was trying to work up the gumption to do it. Um, that I just, I, never, I think this is going to have to happen at some point probably. up and, and, or I'll come down and we'll, we'll do a certification. He's volunteering to spray. You. I know. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> We're volunteering to watch you do it. You guys would have to go through it too. <laughs> Yeah, that's something else. You know, I know we've we've talked about uh, getting together and doing some stuff, and I would love to do that. Uh, but anyway, like I couldn't believe I ordered some stuff in. We were going to do a video on it. I thought about getting sprayed. Will it come in damaged? And when it came in damaged, I opened up the package. I was like, oh man, you know, it's it's damaged. It's messed up. Uh, it can't really be used. Uh, we had I just kind of set it down and was rifling through the package of stuff. And very shortly after, I was like playing cards with my wife and daughter. <laughs> Stupid me didn't wash my hands uh, after messing with those canisters. And so we're sitting there doing that. And I reach up and I kind of like rub my eyes. I was like, oh, that was what was something in my eye. And I did it again. And I got the other eye that time. And I was like, oh, holy crap. And uh, my wife just, Julie, looks at me and goes, what's wrong? And I said, I think I just like indirectly maced myself. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, it, uh, hurt. and I, I just it, couldn't get over it just from getting it on your hands and then rubbing your eyes. And the worst part about it is I had two friends decide years before that, that they were going to spray each other and see what it was like. And in my front yard, because, you know, uh, it, was an expired canister. it was an expired canister and they wanted to see what it was like and, and everything. They got the front yard and I was like, y'all do it. That's fine. I'm going to stay inside. And they came back in. It didn't work. But again, because the, it was expired, it didn't come out. It did get on their hands and then they end up rubbing their eyes and then they're having like horrible pain and I'm laughing at them. But there I did the same thing they did just, you know, probably 15 years later. <laughs> well, you know, it's crazy, too, is like our, uh, we do a private detective class. So we teach people and we certify them through Maryland State Police to be private detectives. Uh, security officers and to get all their non-lethal stuff mm. like that to work for us or whoever they're going to work for. Um, and I'm kind of mean when I teach because I actually do non-lethal day before picture day for class. Yeah. Um, so I secretly do it on purpose <laughs> because I want them coming in. Right? They have like the puppy eyes. And, um, you know, we it's funny because we tell them, look, take a cold shower for the next two or three days. You need to take yeah. a cold shower. And there's always at least one. You know, we ask them the next day and they're like, oh, it sucks so bad. They come in and they're all red, you know, getting the reaction again. Because when you take that warm shower and your pores open it up, it just drains back in. It's all yeah. oil. Um, so, you know, it, it all drains back in and gets you again. But, um, yeah, usually the next day when they're ready for pictures by the end of the day, they're just starting to lose some of the puffiness and redness from it. It's amazing. <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I definitely want to come up there and do that. I think that would be. A I'm lot not going to have any students sign up after they watch this uh, podcast. <laughs> I mean, you know, there's there's weirdos like me though that I'm, I'm down. But again, you know, I try to tell. I, I get a. I fought mixed martial arts for a while, and I have people come up to me and ask me about it and stuff like that. And it's like, you know, kind of considering themselves. I was like, well, let's wait a second. How much do you like getting punched in the face? 
Because I can guarantee you, if you're not somebody who can stand getting punched in the face and kind of laugh about it in the moment, you never need to be in a cage. And I understand that's a kind of a sick mentality a little bit, but you kind of got to be there. <laughs> I get it 100%. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm. you're talking about it and it sounds horrible, but I really want to do it. It actually makes me want to do it more. So there's I, that. I've never, I've never had a student not be happy they did it though. Yeah, no, I can understand that completely. Because, you know, there's something about going through hard things, you know, that makes on the other side of that, when you come out from that, you feel like you really accomplished something. And I mean, I've been through some really, really hard crap through martial arts and reality based self-defense and different things that I've done with this. And at the end of it all, I mean, it sucks going through it, but at the end of it all, it feels great. Well, not only that, but, you know, from another standpoint or perspective, uh, when when you become a person that carries this stuff to be able to de-escalate things and not have mm. to use lethal force um you really kind of understand that you know it's worst case scenario uh but you know i i know people that you know oh i'll just i'll mace them right like if i was a cop i would just walk up and mace them you know it's not that bad yeah and they have no clue what goes into it or, or what to expect so it actually puts it in perspective for them yeah um, you know of what to do that's true too yeah yeah, I, a lot of it can be very eye-opening for people. And I love, as an instructor, being on the end where I get to see other people's eyes get opened in Absolutely. certain situations, too. Um, okay, so that was a lot of uh, rabbit trails. So your favorite to teach is taser, and you, but your favorite to carry would be uh, OC spray of some type. Uh, I mean, it'd probably still be taser, but OC is up there because if... You oh, know, okay. I, I know I can disperse 30 people with OC spray versus... Yeah you know, two with the X2 taser. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. I, that, that, that would make a difference. So carry both. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I do. My taser is right here and on my vest and, and the OC is right here. So it's whatever I need to do. Hell, I'll yeah. Do both. Well, we teach, uh, we teach some of our defender courses, you know, and I was talking about carrying lethal and non-lethal and all this kind of stuff. I was like, yeah, I've got a pistol and appendix. I've got a knife on this side and I got a flashlight, tactical flashlight over here. And that's just my daily thing that I walk around with all the time. Cause Absolutely. you know, lethal and non-lethal possibilities or just whatever the job may call for. Absolutely. Well, we've talked about, uh, like the taser and the OC spray. What about the expandable baton? I mean, do you, is that something that you would generally, um, and I feel like I've completely dominated the conversation on our side of it. I apologize, ladies. Uh, it's okay. We're kind of enjoying listening. There's been, a, there's been a lot of taser and OC spray talk. And it's been very entertaining. I, I think when I'm done talking, y'all can I'll open it up. I'll just shut up for a minute. Y'all can ask questions or talk or make comments or whatever. Yeah, we but, have to come up with questions. Thank you. <laughs> but um, You've already asked most of the ones I've thought of. <laughs> sorry. Uh, expandable baton. Um, is that something that you think the average person it, it would be good for them to carry or is that kind of like bottom tier kind of thing you know so so there's two things i want to say about that so one um people have to check their laws uh oh, yeah that, absolutely um, because you know i i've i've heard and seen people actually get arrested for carrying a baton without a certification for it yeah um so so that's important to know uh, if the people listening don't know that um, yep, you know, state you laws yeah, check your state laws and see what you're allowed to carry versus what you're not allowed to carry. Now, with that being said, um, it is a great tool to have. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it it changes, you know, if if one of them came to me and they're just standing in front of me and I'm 6'3", 280 pounds, 
and they're five five, you know, a buck ten, and they're just standing there. And we're in a conflict. It makes the difference when they pull that baton out, expand it, and they're about to take my knees out, right, or, yeah. or my my ribs. Um, you know, it, it really does make a difference. But not only that, the there's so many uses for an expandable baton um, that people, maybe not the everyday person might need, but for, mm-hmm. for a responder of any sort or even a, a normal person, you can use it to break out windows, right? So if there's a fire, yeah. there's a crash, you know, you can't get through the door, you can break out windows with it. Um, you know, for, for us, if we have a suspect that's on the ground fighting and they're laying on their stomach and we think they might have a weapon in their, their waistband and their arms are underneath, we have a pry bar that we can use now and they're not going to stop it from coming out. Right. And we teach that in the course where, you know, you put it through the arm, you start wrapping it up mm-hmm. and if they don't comply with it, it'll break their arm. Yeah. Um, so there's so many different ways that you can use it as a tool. Um, so, I mean, I think it adds to anybody's tools bo- or uh, toolbox, but, you know, it just depends on what they're going to use it for and what their, their process for it is. Well, when someone comes through, you say you get private investigators or people who want to be private investigators. Have you had feedback from anybody who had to, like, use some of the things that you taught them? Or do you know of any that have, like, tried to contact you about having to use something from the oh, class? Yeah. Absolutely. A ton of uh, a ton of them. So like my, my company, we, we employ um, private investigators. We employ armed security, unarmed security officers, mm-hmm. uh, which both carry lethal uh, and not well, non-lethal and then armed carry lethal, obviously. Um, uh, and then we also have our executive protection teams and, you know, stuff like that. Um, I can I can just the first one that comes to my head and I won't put names out there, but we had a female uh, private investigator slash armed security officer that uh, came through class started working with us. Um, and unbeknownst to me until later on, she was in the middle of a domestic issue. Um, she had had a protective order against the guy. She had all this stuff going on. Um, and after she got certified on OC and she was actually a security officer prior to working with us, just unarmed um, and didn't do anything. And uh, about two weeks after she got certified through our class uh, for OC baton and uh, handcuffs and taser, um, you know, she bought all the stuff from us that we sell um, for their duty belt. And she came back and she was like kind of crying and talking to me. And so I brought her in the office and we talked and uh, she explained what was going on. And she emptied an entire can of OC spray on her um, former partner that was breaking a protective order uh, and trying to get to her. Uh, and she won the encounter because of it, mm. um, so, you know, knowing like little things like that. And then, of course, we always have some sort of use of force, uh, you know, at some point. Uh, so whether it's at a nightclub, whether it's at a, a you know, a, a sporting event or concert, you know, we have people that, you know, uh, indulge too much in alcohol or, yeah. you know, whatever they do. Uh, and they don't they don't listen to verbal commands. And then you kind of have to take up a notch and. You know, once you put your hands on them and then they get in the defensive position and you go to non-lethal. Um, so, you know, there's always, you know, body cam footage that we have from different incidents that we have reports on and that we've had to do uh, where you see it in action and see the compliance start right when it comes out. Yeah, and I really like that example, too, because that's somebody who who did have a fairly um, high-risk job uh, to be working in and what she ended up having to use it for was a domestic issue. Um and it kind of takes away people's excuse of, well, I'm not really in a dangerous job, so it's not likely that I'm going to really need anything, which that's somebody in a high-risk job who had to use it in a domestic sense instead of in her in yeah. her actual position. 
And, and, you, and you, the other thing that you think about too is, you know, um, I have a 14 year old daughter uh, and raising my daughter, um, obviously she's not allowed to carry weapons yet, but you know, I've taught her what she can use around her and what mm -hmm. you know, something happens and what you have to do. Um, and, you know, we, we teach women, especially as they're getting older, going through high school or middle school, high school, college, we teach them how to defend themselves by society. Um, and then you talk about, you know, they're like, oh, well, I have this thing I carry in my purse or I have a little pink OC spray in my purse or, you know, whatever. Um, but it's something that somebody gave them with no training. They have no right. idea how it works. They have no idea the shelf life. They have no idea um, what the little... Um, Oh, what's the word, the little stick that people carry sometimes now, you know, they, they'll carry one of those on their keys and they have no idea what it's actually for. Oh, the coupon. Yeah. And, you know, and so when it, when it does come time to use it, where they're walking down their, uh, a dark alley to go to a parking lot to get in their car and they grab it. Okay. Well now you just gave them a weapon. Um, so it, it's really important. Like you said, even if you don't think, you know, Oh, well, I'm not in a high risk job. I don't do anything where I would need that. I don't really need that. Well, everybody does. Right. You don't need it until you do. Right. Uh, so it's it's one of those things where, you know, if, if people, again, understood the need for baseline, um, you know, you, you go through driving school in order to get your permit and your license. Mm. Right. It's always a start to whatever you do. And there needs to be a start in that category, too, because more so than others, this is life and death. Yes. And you have probably a lot more instances where you're going to need a non-lethal option than you will a lethal option. And so many people forego the non-lethal options because they have a lethal option. And it, a lot of times it comes down to them not really knowing what it would take for them to actually take life. And two, not realizing how few instances actually call for that level or wouldn't have to call for that level if they were trained in other options. Oh, absolutely. And, and I have like a, a scenario that comes to mind. So I actually, we have, so I still work the street. Everyone's blah when we have people call out, unfortunately. Um, yeah. Uh, <laughs> so I actually was working um, on a holiday weekend. Of, it was like a 4th of July weekend or Memorial Day. Uh, we have a hotel that's, it's a big event center as well. And they have huge name bands that come in uh, like national acts. So I was working the event and uh, towards the end of, it was probably towards the end of my shift. So around midnight, one o'clock in the morning, um, I noticed a vehicle that was driving and hitting things in the parking lot. And then went to an opposite end of the parking lot where they were supposed to be leaving, ran over the curb in a big dually and hit a tree. Mm -hmm. uh, so I, I immediately went over, um, opened the door and he kind of stumbles out. You can smell the booze on him, stuff like that. Um, and so I, I immediately start talking, Hey, you know, how you doing? I start running this tag, calling the radio, get the, the local law enforcement on the way. Um, and he immediately, uh, I'm an older guy, kind of big though, immediately starts getting defensive and aggressive. Um, so, you know, body cameras on all that kind of stuff. And, uh, he immediately starts just coming towards me. So I pull out my taser first and it had no effect on him because he was so out of his, his element being drunk. Mm -hmm that he didn't understand or register what the red dot on him and what the taser in my hand was. Um, you know, and, and you see me in the video, he comes up and I pull my taser out and I'm like, you kind of see me kind of turn my head and I just put it to his chest and push him back to create space. And then I put it away because I, I, there's no point in me to tase. He can barely walk, let alone anything, even if yeah. he's being aggressive. Um, you know, so, so yeah, knowing when to use what force and to what level you need to use that force is one of the most important things. Because at the end of the day, if I would have tased him and it went to court, 
you know, it could be, you know, listed as excessive if I were tased them. Uh, yeah, so you know, it's, it's important, you know, even for self-defense laws, standard round laws, stuff like that. In the state of Maryland, where, you know, where we teach the most at in most of our firearms classes, um, you know, there's a standard round law with the exception of if you use unreasonable force. And there's been people that had a baseball bat next to their front door, but somebody drunk with a knife breaking into their house and they shot them, got in trouble and charged because they had a baseball bat and they could have used that instead of a gun. Um, so it's, it's, it's knowing the, the different levels of force and what's excessive and what's not. Yeah, it, education is key on, on a lot of this kind of stuff. And it really, one thing I'm teaching, I teach concealed carry classes on a fairly regular basis. And one thing I constantly tell people is you need other training because if the only uh, answer you have is a hammer, then every single problem is a nail. And that's just not the way it works in reality. You know, you need other options when it comes time to uh, defend defend yourself other than just lethal. Yeah, absolutely. One of the things we teach in our, our Maryland CCW or wear and carry courses, as they call it, um, is, uh, feet, hands or feet, mouth, hands. Um, because Maryland, you know, if you can't, if you don't demonstrate that you couldn't run away and use your feet, you couldn't try to deescalate it verbally and you couldn't fight the person and win that like all of those kind of have to be in place before you were to use lethal force anyway. And a lot of the times, unless you're in your house, there is just it laws are important. Yeah. Mm -hmm. However screwed up they may be. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, you had mentioned your 14-year-old daughter. At what age did you start teaching her how to use the things around her um, to protect herself? What would you say is a good age to start that? And what age did you start with? Well, you, you know, for I got really lucky with my kids. Uh, my, my daughter's 14. My son's 13. Um, and they grew up in the house with what I do for a living, uh, whether it was when I started my own company and started actually doing the training for civilians and people coming into law enforcement, uh, or if I was actually doing the job, uh, you know, they would see me come home and have my belt under my suit with my baton, my taser, my, my cuffs, my pistol, my flashlight, my mat, like all the stuff we had to carry on a protection detail or, or what I was doing at the time. Um, and so they, at a young age, they saw the respect that I gave all the equipment. And then I would, if I saw them really looking at it, I would start talking about them and, hey, you know, uh, this is what that is. Do you want to see how to use it? Right. And and kind of just go through the very basics. And from, I mean, from when they could remember, they mm -hmm. knew gun safety. Every gun is loaded. You don't touch it. Um, you know, you report it to somebody uh, to the point that my son at one point, I don't remember what it was, but he was at a friend's house. Um, and as soon as he got home, um, he was like, daddy, they were touching their dad's guns and it came right, right around. So I was able to call their parents, say, look, you know, you know, a, you need to lock your guns up. B, you need to move them somewhere else because your kids were playing with them. Mm -hmm. um, so they understand the importance of, of firearm safety and, and then just, you know, what to do and how to defend yourself totally anyway. Um, it was actually funny because, uh, we, I had them for quite a while over Thanksgiving and, uh, that next weekend after Thanksgiving, I was teaching a, a CCW class and uh, they both asked if they could come. And unfortunately, I had a lot of things going on, so they couldn't come. But we're going to bring them to one of our next schedules because they really want to keep learning the, the process. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yep. I guess like the real answer to that question is when they start like asking questions. Yeah. And when they start noticing those things, like mm -hmm. as soon as they're old enough to like ask questions and see those things, that's when you just start answering them. Mm -hmm. And I, and I think the other key to it is not forcing it on them. Right. Yeah. 
um, when they feel like it's forced and they feel like you're, you know, you're kind of being overbearing because they know it's around and all, all that, you know, they take a negative approach to what you're trying to teach them. So it doesn't get through anyway. Right. Well, I guess for the sake of time, uh, we, we've been going for a little bit. So uh, I've, I've really enjoyed it. I could talk to you for a long time and we are going to have to work something out where I can like come up that way or something uh, so we can do some training. I'd really like to, I guess, get sprayed or whatever. But <laughs> <laughs> So we'll uh, we'll be in conversation, try to get that worked out at some point too. So, but thank you, thank you very much again for being on the podcast. And yeah, like I said last time, I think we'll we'll come up with a reason to have you on again. Uh, uh, I'm always available. I'll make I'll make time. Yeah, you you've proved that. I know uh, this was uh, we had talked about you being on there before. I, this didn't make earlier. We was t- talking about it. We talked about when you when uh, I was sick and I couldn't record and we didn't work out the last time. And then uh, I just emailed you up yesterday. I said, hey, uh, <laughs> would you be available to be on the podcast tomorrow morning? Because uh, we're trying to get this recorded. So uh, I, I really appreciate you making time for us. Not a problem at all. I'm glad to be here. Yep, absolutely. Uh, so one more time, tell people where they can find you and, uh, and about your uh, courses and stuff. Yeah, so uh, discrete security services investigations can be found everything uh, dssimd.com uh, and then the Alive Active Shooters uh, Survival Program can either be found on our website dssimd.com or aliveactiveshooter.com uh, and, and we have social media, we have all things you need. What a great podcast with Joshua Sullivan. I enjoy having him on every time and I have never really had anybody convince me that I want to get OC sprayed until talking to him. I still have never had anybody convince <laughs> me that I want to be OC sprayed. And I'm sprayed. still convinced I really want to see you get sprayed. Yeah. You know, um, I so. might would even allow it to be done to me. Really? You know, I'm, I'm always on the back edge of that. Okay. Just do it. My husband oh, would okay. be very angry if I came home having been OC sprayed. <laughs> I'm sure. Yeah. He would probably come beating on the door to talk to you. And that would take a lot of guts for my husband because he is very mild tempered. <laughs> even if you had consented to it, he would still be mad. About, here's yes. the deal. Here's the deal. At the end of the day, you're an adult. You make your decisions. It's not my fault. But let's be real. I don't if think I'm here and everybody else is having to do it. I, I'm not making you do anything. Did I make you get uh, hit by that pain pin? No, and I didn't let anybody else hit me with it. Either. There you go. I waited till I was uh, here alone and then I did it myself for like a half a second. Okay. See, if you're not giving in to peer pressure, well, actually, if you give in to peer pressure, that's on you. <laughs> I said me. I never said you. And then I so. had him do it to me because I felt bad that he was the only one doing it. There was no peer pressure there either. That was just a, you know what? This is really unfair. He's been hit with the painting like six to ten times in one episode. So just, just do it. I just wasn't willing to have it done to me like in front of people. I was like, I will yeah. do it to myself when no one else is here. That's, and that's cool. That's Were you afraid of what would happen? No, she electricity just makes me angry. Like being electrocuted makes me very angry. Oh, it angry, makes me angry and it too. would make I was me really curious. mad if somebody else did it to me. Gotcha. Like it would take me off. So here we are months and months away <laughs> and I still freaking have a scar on my arm from telling Jay to say, here, hit me with a pain pen and hold it for three seconds. Don't do that. If you got one of those, if you watched our YouTube videos and followed the link and got one, several people did. We appreciated that, by the way. 
And, you know, if you want to, the link is still there. I might even throw it in this episode. Anyway, yeah. if you, if you do that, don't stick to the, like the one second burst. Do not sit there and hold it for a prolonged period of time. You will find out what burning flesh tastes like. I didn't yes, know that he was possible. said tastes like. Yes, yeah. and smells. You get to and smell smells. it too. But like, yeah, you know, we're way off. Okay, not <laughs> yeah, talking about the pain pen. Yeah, we were talking about OC spray for a second. No, what it would come down to is if like we were hosting the course here and part of the whole course is getting sprayed with that, then it would almost like be required. No, 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 so no. no. It no so he was saying like I would have no choice. <laughs> what, what he was saying was come down and do an alive course and then for the fun of it, just do the OC spray and the taser <laughs> stuff. You wouldn't be required to do it. Then I'm probably not going to. I don't <laughs> okay. carry. I don't carry pepper spray. Yeah, I don't I have it, the intention of carrying. I it, got so you. I don't see a ton of point in me doing it because the likelihood of me getting pepper sprayed is well, very little. Yeah, if you don't carry, it, yeah, your chances are even less than. Especially since I'm not a criminal. If and, you're not carrying it yeah. and not attacking people, <laughs> you're probably not going to get sprayed with OC spray. And if you're carrying it and not attacking people, you're still probably not going to get. But you have a higher chance just because you have it in your hand. Let's be honest. But, you know, I mean, it's just the fact of... So, no, I would never make you do it. I'm not forcing anybody to do anything like that. It's like, here, let's go up on top of the building and jump off and see what happens. I would not force somebody... It's the same kind of principle. I'm not going to make somebody do something like that. It's stupid. Now, if you're a, an adult and you go out there and go like, huh, yep, I saw you get sprayed. I think I want to. That's not my fault. That's yours. <laughs> So anyway, the of that happening is very little. Oh yeah, I know. I got you. All right. Um, so let, let's like move being on. Being punched in the face is one thing. Being pepper sprayed is another. If animal. you're a martial arts instructor, self defense instructor, and you're going to get mad every time you get punched in the face, you don't. You're in the wrong line of work. Yeah. See, being punched in the face is fine. <laughs> <laughs> I'd rather be punched in the face a thousand times before someone puts pepper spray. I mean, I would definitely. Rather, I can tell you right now, I would rather be. We were way off subject again. Yes, I would much are. rather it's be so punched in the face than having OC spray. But I've, I've always had that in the back of my mind going like, what's it What's it like? What's it like? You know, kind of deal. And I got hit with a pain pen and felt what that was like. Um, so I'm just not that curious. <laughs> I'm mildly curious. So <laughs> your husband, wait, wait, remember this. Your husband brings in that, um, that airsoft gun in here and he was talking about it and was like, shoot me with it. It's the first words out of my mouth. I'm curious uh, in every one of these situations. So, so what's it feel like? Shoot me with it. You and know, you got it right on the spine. <laughs> I did. That friggin' hurt so bad. All right. Anyway, let's, we really enjoyed having Joshua Sullivan back on. We're going to have him back on again. We're going to see if we can't maybe host him down here or we may go up there or do something uh, because, you know, he's not that far. He's two states away. I think it is. So it's not that far away. Um, I got to, I know we're in North Carolina. He's in Maryland. I'm just not sure exactly How where. How many are in between? Virginia, West Virginia, <laughs> Maryland, or Virginia, Maryland. It depends on what part of Maryland he's in. I, I'm not stupid. I know my geography somewhat. Okay. All right, guys. So let's move along. Check out theatomicbear.com. You want uh, less than lethal tools. Their tactical pins are pretty freaking awesome. They have a free online course when you buy a tactical pin on using tactical pins, it's pretty freaking awesome. Okay. Uh, go on there, get a tactical pin, use the discount code impact defense for 20% off. I am a huge fan of the rebel pin and the stealth pro 
Um, the Stealth Pro will, let's see. I'm trying to think. I'm not sure if it just, the video on that just came out, the review video, or if it's about to come out. One or the other, it either just came out or it's about to come out. But um, check on YouTube, see if it's come out. And if it hasn't, it will be out within the next week. Okay? And I think it's already come out. All right, guys. Uh, thank you very much for listening, and we will see you in the next one. Bye. Bye.